All right, folks, what's the crack? Welcome to episode seven of the Anxious Lad podcast. My name is Matt Keenan. As always, thanks a million for tuning in. I really do appreciate the support. Um, today's episode, we have Alex Watts. Um, Alex comes on to tell his story um, again about his his mental health journey. Uh, and I guess the, the, the difference with, with Alex is that he, done other episodes, I guess, is that Alex's mental health started to decline um, through the result of an injury. Um, I'm going to, we'll we, we let him talk more about that during the episode, but uh, it was really interesting um, to have a chat with Alex on this one. Um, so look, let's get going. Hey Alex, how are you doing? Not too bad, Matt. How are you doing, mate? I'm good. I'm good. Finally, we get to finally sit down and get this episode recorded, mate. <laughs> no, it's good to be here. Good to be here. Yeah, no, listen, I really appreciate you joining, buddy. I really do. Um, looking forward to having this conversation now tonight. And I we've obviously been chatting over WhatsApp and Messenger and everything else the last couple of weeks. Um, and obviously. Like with most of the episodes before, I kind of have a good conversation and a, a bit of knowledge about the guests' backgrounds before they come on. Obviously, you're no different, so it's it's uh, it, it's great to finally finally have you on. Oh, most definitely, Matt. No, it's it's um it's good to be here, mate. To be honest, just to just to sort of talk about this stuff, I think it's so important. So, uh, really appreciate the opportunity. No, my pleasure, mate. My pleasure. Um, what was interesting, I think, when we when we first but and I've kind of talked about it in a couple of different videos and blogs and stuff that I've done, right, is how mental health can decline, right, and how you can you can fall into those kind of those depths of depression, right, and, and the conversations I have with people kind of outside of this, even just talking to people, you know, friends, family, other people I meet or whatever, when you talk about depression, there seems to be this kind of common misconception that the, that depression stems from some sort of trauma grief you know that that kind of stuff yours is kind of a little bit different which was i guess really interesting to get it get you on to talk about it because i don't think a lot of people would realize that it can come from this side do you know what i mean sure. um yeah. so i guess like with with that in mind um do you want to give us a bit of a background into into you obviously how your mental health started to decline and, and I guess the, the reasons for it as well, the reasons why it started to decline. Sure, mate. Yeah, no, well, for me, um, interestingly, my mental health started to decline from physical health um, more than anything else. And uh, I know a lot of people may not think that they're too connected, but obviously for me, it was just a massive connection between the two. Uh, so I had a back injury that I got when I was 17, 18 years old, I want to say roughly around that time and um and I never really recovered from it to be honest Matt it was uh it was just this process of kind of mishandling things and I really enjoy playing football and it's all I kind of wanted to do even at that age so um yeah I it, it just sort of lasted a while and, and the pain never really went away and it came back and it went away and um it actually uh had a degeneration of between the discs in my back so um that what that kind of had to be treated but I never really felt like it was a it was painful obviously but I never really felt like it was my main priority for, for whatever reason so I continued to just go about my life the way it was and I ended up having uh, chronic pain in my back uh, as a result and um, when I when I was told that that's what I had and I was obviously beginning to learn more about chronic pain because I'd, I'd never heard of it before um, it absolutely hit me for six because I kind of realized that I'd mishandled it and I've now got this condition that I was told cannot be cured. It can it can only be managed. And with the way my mindset was at the time, I was like, I didn't even think about 
her managing it I just heard oh it can't be good um and that just blew me away like you know I just thought my my life was sort of done as it was I, I had this uh constant pain um that when it was at it at its worst it would be a case of like feeling like a sharp object going from my back down through the side of my right leg and into my foot so it was it was quite painful and it not afraid to admit it just got the better of me um it wasn't it wasn't just the pain itself it was the physical side of it that was really troubling me but it was the knowledge that I had this that really really got to me if you can imagine like it was it was waking up every day uh and going to sleep every night knowing that I have this condition that it causes me a lot of discomfort and a lot of my mobility is now restricted I'm still trying to do some of the things I love but I find it hard <clears throat> and um yeah just lots of things like that was just constantly playing on my mind and for the first real time uh I struggled with depression and anxiety because I didn't feel good about myself like I didn't want to be in my own skin anymore I, I also didn't want to be open about it I was kind of I don't know what the word is embarrassed in a way um and is that in when you say you didn't want to be like you didn't want to talk about it was that you didn't want to talk about the pain or you didn't want to come to terms with the fact that you're suffering with depression and anxiety as a as a result of it or a I combination was, of all I guess was it yeah it was a combination but I think ultimately it was the depression and anxiety mm -hmm. that I was and the mental health problems that I was feeling like I think the pain was obviously one thing that was causing more and I think deep down that's what I didn't want to be honest about I mean I could admit to people that I had chronic pain and that was it was troubling me at times but I couldn't admit that mentally I was struggling like I couldn't I couldn't even admit it to myself yeah it just I was just for the first real time I felt insecurity in myself like I it just couldn't be open about it and I just didn't feel good about myself really um yeah it was it was new it felt new and I just yeah I, I just didn't feel equipped to deal with it I just didn't feel like the direction I was going in with this whether it be mental or physical side was any good for me um and because I kind of resented myself so much for having these troubles without really putting my finger on it and saying like I'm struggling with depression I'm struggling with anxiety my mental health is really not good I kind of just self-sabotaged myself and did nothing other than medication which to be honest and being brutally honest I didn't really feel good about taking it um, because I hadn't uh, confronted the problems that I had um, so all of that together just made me sort of self-sabotage my own life and I never did anything to sort of help myself with the pain uh, there'd be days where I just lie in bed all day um, not even just because of the discomfort but because I had no motivation yeah um, yeah I had no willpower I had just I mean there was one day I remember I was in bed until 7 p.m at night and that wasn't even just because of my back it was just because I had no willingness to get up and go I was at university at the time as well meant to be enjoying my um experience I had no energy to just go and do it um to any of my lectures and uh and then it would be a case of get up briefly spend a long time in the shower um and eventually like late at night to go back to bed again like maybe like 2 a.m 3 a.m and then not fall asleep because i'd just be up feeling terrible uh, about what was going on until about five six in the morning and it would just be an endless cycle repeat i would do nothing with my day and i don't think it was i honestly don't think it was just the pain that was doing that the pain was causing issues but it was mentally i was defeated mentally mm -hmm. just um couldn't get myself in gear you know the best best way i would describe it it was causing a real identity crisis for me um i didn't really I'd, being entirely honest i never really had struggled before in my life like to this anywhere near this extent i had quite a, you know not a brilliant but privileged background and i you know this was the first real hurdle i ever had and i just did not believe that i could do anything about it um the fact that i couldn't cure it was just so defeating to me and um yeah, yeah and I, I guess didn't really know what was going on yeah and I guess that's that's got to be huge as well because as you say right you're you're 17 18 
you know, probably just on your O levels, getting ready to go to uni. It's, you know, one of the best experiences and, and, and best times in your in your life to head off to uni and do everything you're supposed to be doing. And all of a sudden you're told, well, actually, no, you can you can still do some things, but realistically, you're going to be living with this pain for the rest of your life. I mean, to I mean, I don't know what it's like to live with chronic pain. So so but to be, I guess to be told on the one side that you know, here's the pain that you're going to be in. And on the other side, it's like, you've got to live with this for the, the rest of your life. I mean, mentally, that's got to take its its toll on you. Absolutely. Eh? Yeah, for sure. And I think because because it went, because I'd actually got to uni as well, and it had been so long since I was, from having the injury to when I was told that this is now what it is, it's now a chronic mm-hmm. condition. Um, I was away from my family. And yeah, I think just that lonely feeling came into it that kind of makes sense um I had friends around me um but yeah I think I think obviously taking its toll 100% but also feeling alone uh I've got a condition that I don't really know much about and um I don't really know what where I'm at really if you know what I mean like I, I came here to enjoy myself and I'm not and that was for me the biggest sort of I felt this reason to try and be like everybody else, if that makes yeah. sense. Like yeah. what I thought everyone else was like, I wanted to try and, you know, I just didn't, I felt less of a person than the next man, woman, whoever, you know, I just did not feel uh, like I was on the same level as anyone else. And I was, I was, I was away from home. I was battling a condition. I just felt defeated by, and yeah, a hundred percent. It definitely took its toll. Yeah. And again, like, as I say, like that, and it is that vicious cycle really, isn't it? As you say, like, I mean, look, I know what it's like, again, it, not from a, not from a, a chronic pain perspective. Right. But I've, um, I think I spoke about it in one of the other episodes as well. I, I had trouble sleeping and suffered with night terrors for years, for, for a long time. Um, so I know what it's like to kind of go through those, those phases of, being awake all night and then being exhausted all day. And then it, it just, that pattern just keeps going round and round and almost making it worse. And then you're, then you're getting upset and depressed and anxious about that. And then that's causing the, <laughs> another yeah. vicious an circle. And it's just, it, it's just a horrible, horrible, endless, endless cycle. But I guess as well, like from, from your perspective, you know, again, you're in uni, you know, you're probably looking at your flatmates, your roommates, the guys you're in class are all going out and doing all of these things. As you say, you love football. Um, did you try and play again? Did you I, try and keep that up at all? Or, or Yeah, I mean, I did. I actually did play. And I, I mean, I had a good group of lads around me at uni, which was, was good, but I did play. And that, and that, in a sense, I mean, it was good because I was able to go out and do something I really enjoyed. And I mean, I never felt good about it, but I would, I would come home afterwards. And I would, I would never be able to go to the uni socials um, where they go out in the night afterwards and have a good time after the game. Um, I would always just have to go and lie, and lie on the bed and, and just wait until the next day, really. Um, and that was the kind of price to do something that I enjoyed. But it was an extreme thing, given the situation. And, uh-huh. you know, I went for it. But even that, I didn't even feel good about something I enjoyed, if you know what I mean. And that, yeah. that kind of summed it up, really yeah and I guess like you're kind of you know and once as you say look you love playing you love being out with the lads kind of on the pitch and playing the game and stuff but then you've got to deal with with that isolation afterwards you know it's mm-hmm. kind of like the, the kicker to it is look you can go out and play football but you're coming home and you're lying in bed on your own while everybody else goes for it. so again like that I guess how that plays in your mind as well is going to have massive effects on on your thoughts and your, you know, how you feel about yourself and everything else as well. hundred percent, Matt. Yeah. And, it, and it's, that's, that was something that I didn't really, I wasn't really conscious of, if you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I was, my mindset was wake up in the day. Okay. I'm going to try and get to, to football today. Um, but not thinking about the effect of afterwards, not thinking about missing out on all the other stuff. Um, what that's realistically going to do to me. Um, and I remember, like there was one time like I, my housemate would have to regularly help me uh, put my shoes on and tie my laces because um, I just couldn't, simply couldn't bend down to do it. 
yeah. a lot of the time. And um, I remember she kind of like looked at me and was like, to say, like, you really going to play football today? Like, you can't even put your shoes on. <laughs> like, and, I, and I'm there like thinking, like, I'm, I'm walking out the door like, this is mad. Um, this is mental. <laughs> but like, yeah, and, and that kind of played on me as well because I was thinking like, should I be really doing this? Like, should, is this the best use of my time right now? But once again, managed and not cured, that wasn't ringing any bells in my head. I, I still didn't accept there were ways around this. So it was mm-hmm. kind of like a last throw of the dice sort of thing, if that makes sense, of like actually trying to do something I enjoy. Um, but yeah, yeah, to answer your question, Matt, it's 100% like everything combined together was just not happening and therefore the overall experience wasn't good. Yeah. And you, you mentioned earlier, you said kind of a minute or two ago around, you know, taking medication and stuff. Um, but I just want to understand that were you taking medication for the pain or did you end up taking medication for the depression and anxiety or what, what way did so that the work? First, the first medication I was taking was just solely for pain. Um, okay. And when later on, when things became quite clear what was going on, then I started to take um, medication for the way I was feeling. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Okay. Um, and, and you said in as well, like, I guess, like a lot of people, and even in my, my own naivety as well, at the very beginning, you kind of, I, again, I spoke about it, I think it's in the second episode when I talk about medication or therapy and stuff in that and you kind of just said it there as well, is you kind of, you, you take the medication hoping that that's going to work, but you're not actually dealing with the issues at hand. Mm. And again, you just stay in that vicious cycle. The medication is just kind of masking. It's it's yeah. not really going to make you feel better. Do you know what I mean? It never really does. In my opinion, it doesn't, it doesn't make you feel better. And in my experience, it actually made me feel worse. Um, so what was the... I get because it's interesting there's a a flip to what you did in uni to what you're doing now and then to what you're actually working at as well which I want to get on to in a little bit because I just think that bit's incredible but in terms of I guess the the pain management and everything you're going to then you're taking the medication for how you're feeling for the depression the anxiety what was the turning point though for you to kind of say actually you know what I need to go and talk to somebody now about this yes I mean it's a great question Matt I mean it, obviously like most things it got worse before it got better um it got to a point where mentally I've, I've kind of like blurred the whole thing is about three or four months out now um and it was just a lot of I was drinking a lot like I was I was drinking a lot of um alcohol um and doing drugs sometimes as well mm-hmm. um and I was I was you know I was I got myself in a lot of trouble um I was getting into fights um I had to talk to the police um, numerous occasions um and yeah just other other things as well really um I was just kind of I was just I was not an easy person to be around uh, my relationships were really suffering uh-huh. um I, 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 I'll openly admit I upset a lot of people um and that again that was all self-sabotage really uh so took all of those things to, to do all of those things where I realized okay I'm having to actually explain myself here. I'm doing things that I know are out of character. Um, so that means that all is not well here. You know, obviously I know it's not well because of the pain and because of the struggle, mental struggles I've been have, yeah, having. Yeah. But whether I've actually accepted it, I've actually like, you know, put it on myself and taken responsibility and, and taken that step forward is another thing. And I think doing all those things really dropping to that low level um you know for example needing alcohol just to escape you know um getting into fights those sorts of things it just i had to just step back and say look if this carries on then i don't have a future at all i know i feel like i don't have a future i feel like because of this it's ruined my entire future but my actions are genuinely going to take away my future and that could be in the worst case scenario that could be through death for example it could be through um getting to so much trouble that there's no way out of this um and that that that's where it really hit me it was like okay i'm feeling this way but it doesn't mean that 
it has to be like this forever. It's mm-hmm. okay to struggle. It was like accepting that it's okay to struggle. But what's not okay is to continue putting myself through this. Yeah. Because that's that's the key. I think I think it's okay to admit to ourselves that we have not maybe not got it right. We've we've not been feeling good. Um, things have happened uh, a little bit out of our control and we're not equipped to deal with it, fair enough. Um, and that's okay. It's okay to slip up sometimes, but it's not okay to keep putting ourselves through through this torment. Um, and I just started to do things that um, were slightly different. I would I would talk to people who could help. Um, does that sort of answer your question a little bit on that, or do you want me to move on to the? Yeah, no, that's 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 pretty much it. And I guess like the, <clears throat> I guess the thing is as well with it. Again, like what was really interesting about talking to you initially, and again, it's a little bit of naivety, it's lack of education from a societal perspective. Again, as I said, that everyone kind of thinks anxiety. I mean, I remember getting into an argument with some idiot on uh, <laughs> on a Facebook group <laughs> who 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 was like, "Oh, depression is only stuff that happens, so stop quit quit living in the past." And anxiety, you're just worried about the future, so just live in the present, get over. And I'm like, don't be an idiot, mate. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but right. there is, I guess there is, and, and and as men, like we're 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 we don't talk. Do you know what I mean? Um mm. and we and we don't come out. And I think what was interesting about speaking to you a couple of weeks ago was that for me it was like I was misdiagnosed with depression, but was having like living with severe anxiety and never yeah. really known, right? So what would happen is I would have depressive episodes but not actually suffering from depression. They would, they would, it, it would build up and build up and build up. And then I'd have maybe a couple of days or a week or two where I'm, I'm just feeling like shit, basically, you know? Um, and I'd have an you episode. Didn't know, you I, didn't know why. Like you I didn't know why. Exactly. Why. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, and even the other guys I've, I've spoken to um, who have, who've been on the podcast as well. Um, like, what's really interesting i know like men don't talk about it right we all suffer in the same way do you know what i mean um our our journey to it is completely different and and i think i wrote about it in a in a blog that went up the other day in that like our journey through our mental health decline is is just as personal and unique as our dna is do you know what i mean no one story is the exact same but I think when we when we hit rock bottom, as men, we all tend to do the same thing. We don't talk about it. We drink and we probably go to drugs at the same time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that's what I find really interesting is that, you know, is that we 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 do tend to all have the same traits in that way. And then a, you're you're kind of bringing out the same symptoms and the same um self-medicating almost with the alcohol the drugs you know messing up relationships all that kind of stuff and, and it is as i said it's just it, it's it's a reason why i wanted to get you on i guess as well is that because a lot of people tend to think that it is just from grief or loss or trauma or something that happened in the past but actually i think and, and young lads as well certainly guys who are playing sports and stuff need to understand that depression and anxiety can really creep up on you without you knowing it in the way that it did with you i guess eh? Mm, yeah and i totally agree with what you're saying Matt. i think there's a million and one ways probably more million different pathways that we could actually get to, yeah. to these places and um yeah 100 I, I, no one is kind of like irrelevant from this stuff like everyone everyone it, it could happen to anyone um given certain circumstances so i think like you say, there is that awareness about this stuff that is kind of missing, and um, therefore we're not we're not obviously not equipped to deal with it when it turns up. You know, like mm-hmm. well, why? How would we, how would we be? Um, like you said, I know you're talking about that from a societal point of view. Um, people think about education system, but you know, yeah, things have to change. Uh, we, you know, it has to be more accepted amongst men, certainly when they're going through it. To, to be to feel able to talk about this stuff and to to accept where they're at and yeah I, I totally agree with you Matt um it's it's not really it's not really how you feel when you're in the moment you know it's just no. you just do not feel like that 
I think the thing about it as well is that, you know, we, we kind of tend to put the blinkers on, there's tunnel vision almost. You're not seeing the wood for the trees. You're not looking around you. It's, you just get caught up in your own crap almost. And as you say, you know, you were, and I did it myself as well. Like when I was going through it and last year, when I was on the medication, like I had a horrible, as a, as I've said numerous times before, and even in the in in the second episode when I talk about the meds, um, I, I had a horrible, horrible experience on them. Um, and I think I was having to go through a really bad depressive episode then, a prolonged one at that point. The, the, the medication just didn't agree with me at all. And like that, I was drinking into oblivion at the weekends. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I think what, as you say, you know, the education needs to be there. We don't know how to deal with it. We we do. We just, we put those blinkers on and we go into ourselves. And I, I don't think we can really grasp the gravity of what we're doing to the people around us at that time as well. Do you know what I mean? And that's not a conscious thing. I don't think we do it. We don't do it on purpose. Do you know no. what I mean? And we try to tell ourselves, oh, I can fix this. I'm fine. I'm grand. As we're necking a bottle of wine or... 20 yeah. points down or something <laughs> do, do you know what I mean <laughs> yeah I totally I totally see that mate yeah and I was there with that as well I mean not even just with the alcohol just before I'd even confronted what was going on I was kind of trying to mend it and it was like wow I need to actually confront this first before I you know I've got to put myself first and deal with this before I actually try and mend what's going on around me with other people because if I'm not in a more comfortable place then you know, I'm not equipped to do this. So yeah, for sure. I, I totally see where you're coming from there, mate. Yeah. Yeah. So, so talk us through, through, I guess the, the latter stages of it then, right? So you're in, you're in uni, all this has happened. Uh, as you put it, I love how you put it. You've had to talk to the police a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. the way you were. <laughs> That's the simplest um, way of putting it. I simplest think, yeah. way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll go push yeah. over. <laughs> um, yeah. But you changed it, right? So you were actually studying to become a teacher in in university, right? Yeah, I was doing an education degree. Um, I, teaching was certainly something I was thinking about, but that was that was the general route I was going in, mm-hmm. um, down the education teaching route. So, yeah, that was certainly the case at the time. And was that in, in like, would that be for primary school or would it be for secondary school or, or what were you looking to get into? I hadn't really decided that yet, to be honest, but I just kind of knew that that was the general route I wanted to go in. And later down the line, I would have sort of decided what, what age groups I wanted to, to okay. teach, really. And then obviously all of this happens and, and you come out of it stronger and almost did a bit of a U-turn then because you went on to do a master's then in psychology. Yeah, I did. And um, that was pretty much straight after the experience as well. So it was just straight away my interest just switched um this whole experience I guess what I'll come on to in a minute is about how I sort of turned around but yeah it, it just it just made my purpose different if that kind of makes sense like yeah, I actually yeah. well for the first real time I had purpose you know I I knew that this experience uh was gonna eventually after a long time didn't feel it at first but I knew this experience eventually would do something good for me and um so I knew that I was so interested in psychology. I was so interested in my own experience and the way that I was thinking and the way that other people are thinking, guys like yourself and people who've had similar, like in different ways, um, experiences. Uh, I, I became so interested in that and, and still am. And uh, therefore, I just immediately wanted to switch it up and convert into a new course and, and go down that route. And yeah, I have not regretted that and how is that do you think how has that kind of helped your interactions now with people and even with your own growth and and you know your own kind of mental state now how has the psychology because it's a master's in psychology you did wasn't it? you kind of went on and did, did, did straight into the master's wasn't it yeah what it was yeah master's so postgraduate degree um and yeah it's massively it's, it's helped me uh want to become the best version of myself for stars and in everything I do not uh-huh. just educationally um just that interest alone and it's also just helped me it's, it's just it's just given me that 
such a desire to help other people who were in a similar place, you know, or maybe the same or just even a different place, but they're struggling to, to what I was in um, because I've got that experience for one. But for two, I've got that desire um, and dedication to, to help those people now because of these interests. Um, and that's what kind of drives me with it, if that makes sense. Okay, I've got, yeah. I'm interested in psychology, but the, the drive to understand how we think and to, to help people and myself in that way um, is the driving factor behind that interest. And that all comes, stems from my experience. And from a working perspective, then, as I said, we'll, we'll get on to, I guess, in, in a minute about how that shape because you've <laughs> you've kind of done another flip there again specifically working with with lads and stuff so you've got the the degree in education you've got a master's in in psychology um you've kind of come through a massive battle with depression pain physical pain mental pain anxiety um you've overcome all of that and i think that's the great thing I, I love about speaking to guys like you, right, and getting the guys I have on the show is that I think it's 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 only when I think as lads when we do go through something like this is that look, we on the one side we don't talk about it and we need to educate men a lot more about it, right? But on the other side is that when we do go through it, we have this, and I think it's it's be, I think it's because as men we like to fix things anyway. Do you know what I mean? And I think if we, when we, when we go through stuff like this, we kind of have this innate feeling in us that, okay, I've been through that for a reason. I need to do something about it. Does that make sense? I need to help kind of people with it more. It's kind of like, for me, it's, it's by doing the podcasts, right? That's, I went through all of it and I thought, right, I can't go through all this crap and shit and not do something about it. So for me, it was, you know, creating this, doing the anxious lad and all of that kind of stuff. Um, for for Stuart, whose episode we did a while ago, he wrote the book on it to kind of highlight uh, his story through depression. You know, Andrew the same kind of does the mindset stuff. Um, so I think we all have this ability and this this want in us to try and help once we've been through it. So talk us through now how that's kind of flipped for you and how I guess what you're doing now with with regards to everything else. So what I'm doing now uh, is I'm now a mindset coach. So I, I have my own uh, coaching business. Um, uh, how it's flipped is, again, it's just all the steps that I took to, to go from where I was to where I am, well, today, really, or at the end of that experience, is just where it flipped. I mean, just that experience alone. I remember saying at one point to myself, like, I've got to be better. Like, I can't just... I can't just wish for this to change. Like I, I have to be better uh, for me, for starters, um, mm -hmm. and then for the people around me. And by doing that, by just wanting to be better, I've kind of like wanted to help other people be better. Um, and, I, and I know that I can do that through coaching because coaching is very solution focused. Um, it, it focuses on the place, the things you, you, you can do to improve your situation. No, I'm just all about that you know I'm, I'm I don't really like to focus on things that aren't in our control for example getting chronic back pain um at, at one point in time it was no longer in my control whether I had that condition or not you know but what I could control was how I managed and now it's sort of like focusing on how can I manage any situation and I know with that experience that I've had through coaching because it's so solution focused I can help other people do that. Um, if that kind of makes sense, Matt, and answers your question, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. I think that is the way forward for me. Um, and it has been the way forward. Uh, I'm, I'm enjoying everything about that. And um, just that opportunity to work with some, you know, and, and to, for a person to come out and say, look, I, I could do with some coaching or some help on this. That is incredibly, that's incredible on its own, that that person is open to uh, doing that, um, it's an honour for me to to coach them, you know, to, to actually help them on their way, because it's someone who wants to improve their life, it's someone who wants to live fulfilled and and do the things that they want to do, um, and that's that's also the flip for me, you know, that's 
just just having all of that um is is just why i do this you know like it's just it's a great feeling for me it's a great feeling to see other people thrive and that's just kind of all i want now and as you say like it's i guess the starting point to it is the other lad recognizing that he needs help with something and that's massive in itself you know as as blokes we're not really good at kind of putting our hand up and saying i i I need help do you know what i mean um we always try to fix things for other people you know families friends and, and and that kind of stuff but when it comes to our own growth and our own lives and our own mental health and stuff we we tend to shy away from it and that's look it's just the way it's been for years but we need to change that you know we need to we need to tell lads look put your hand up ask for help it's it's not a sign of weakness it's it's a sign of strength that you're recognizing that you need help with something and and there's a there's a want there to to change and be better and do better and and as you say you know be the the best version of you that you can do you know what i mean and and i guess for you like that must be so rewarding though as well to 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 get contacted by somebody to say, you know, listen, Alex, this is me. This is who I am. This is what I'm about now, but I want to be better. I want to do this, you know, um, like I guess watching them go through that journey from, from your perspective must be amazing. Oh, it's, it's incredible, Matt. Like, I mean, just, just like the way you literally put it, that process from start to this is where I'm at now. This is where I want to be. This is what I want to do together. Um, which we obviously work on over time to, to actually getting to that place and to seeing that uh what's the word um fulfillment mm-hmm. that they feel yeah. if you know yeah. what i mean like and, and obviously like i feel it as well when i see it so that that process is just is amazing um especially for men like you said because there is this nature in us to not put our hand up as you put it and and to not sort of feel like we can be open about it um but I believe each person that does, each of us that did, you know, does want to go on this life-changing process, it does maybe bring us a step closer to normalizing talking about this, to, to actually yeah. bringing us forward um, into a position where we can admit when we're not okay and also admit that we want to be okay, you know? So that that on its own, as well as that process for that individual, is is also really good to see. Uh-huh. And that's it. And it's, it's, you know, it's, it's almost like kind of normalizing it. Do you know what I mean? Normalizing that conversation about mental health and about growth and 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 asking for help. And as you say, as you put it, you know, it, it's okay to, to be in that position. Um, and trying to let lads know that, you know, it may not be anxiety, depression. It may just be that you're stuck in a rut right now with work or yeah. in your in your private life your personal life your professional life whatever it might be and and you need a bit of a help to move because otherwise you're going to get stuck in that rut and you're going to stay there and and that might in itself drive you down into depression or into anxiety or into you know a mental health condition so to be able to recognize at the start and kind of know that there's lads out there like you who are willing to help who want to help who have kind of been there done it and 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 re- like genuinely really want to help and and, yeah. and get you through it and and be part of that journey to making you into a better version of yourself yeah absolutely and that's that's what it was about i feel i feel like you have to cut where you in a way you have to have that passion um but once you get it um and, and it's also like to go back to the experience it comes from that experience so you know so for anyone who is in that experience just think about what what overcoming your struggles could do for someone else if mm-hmm. that makes sense so for me to actually overcome the, 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 the pain that is worse and the mental struggles I had, that's given me that passion and that drive to do it for others and to help other people, to help other men like me. And I think that on its own is, is, is really, really exciting, you know, like just, just thinking about what your pain could do for someone else, like the positive change yeah. that could give the next person. Um, and that's that's a that's a top motivation for me. So, yeah, hundred percent. 
Yeah. And it's interesting you kind of phrase it that way because like one of the blogs I wrote the other day was about dad's mental health, right? And how, mm. like for me, right, as a parent, as a dad, three kids, how my mental health has an effect on them and their growth and their view of the world and their view of me and their relationship with me. <laughs> Trying to get guys to understand that you may think you're fine, you're acting irrationally, you're, you know, you're drinking too much, you're isolating away, all of all of that is having a knock-on effect on the people around you, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and having the strength to put your hand up and say, okay, I, I need some help with this. And as I said, it may not be from a, a mental health perspective. It may just be, you know, as I said before, you're stuck in a rut. You just want to get out of it, but you're, you're, there's no motivation anymore. You're going through the motions every day. You're getting up and going to work and doing that two-hour commute on the motorway, sitting in the car, you know, all day long or whatever the case is. And you just want to change. You just want, you know, there's something in you that you want to do. Maybe it's start a business. Maybe it's change careers or you're afraid to do it or whatever it is. Um, mm. I guess the, the coaching side of it is fantastic for that because it, I think, it, and it was, it was Angie who said it as well. There's an accountability then. Do you know what I mean? That comes from the coach to the client, I guess, in that sense. Yeah. And, and to a certain degree, it's almost like, I don't want to say it's counselling because it's like it's not counselling in that, in that shape, but there is almost like an accountability with the coach because the counsellor are going to tell you to do A, B and C this week and tell me how it was next week, you know, when you go back for another session. And I guess it's almost similar with what you do is that you're going to give the guys tasks to do or you don't you, you want to do it you want to do it for yourself but at the same time just Alex told me to do this I don't want to let him down <laughs> so there is that accountability part which is great I guess yeah for sure and I mean that part of the relationship between a coach and the client you know yeah um is that we feel the wins when when the client feels the wins like I'll feel the win but it's also that it might sound kind of contradictory in a way but when you have someone else to sort of say ask you a question or to say something it might just hit you more because it's coming from another person and that might give you that extra drive to actually go and do what could improve your life. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's because sometimes it, I know it sounds a bit, you know, in the end, so, sometimes like having that other person, like I said, we're just talking, um, having that other person who just is reassuring with it can give you that extra bit of, you know, intensity to actually go out and do it. Um, especially from a coach's point of view, someone who, like you said, has been there, done it, worn a t-shirt and got the qualifications. Um, you know, it's yeah, 100%. That is that. That is certainly there. Yeah. Um, um, do you find, like, what, what would you say is, again, let's look at it from a broader perspective, right? Not just from a, a mental health perspective. Like, do you find, there's probably two questions to this actually so on the one side the guys that you work with the clients that you work with do you find that there's generally some sort of anxiety or depression or something there or is it guys that just want to make a change really um the thing i see most is self-doubt so that would yeah maybe there's, there's elements of anxiety there um and depression with that it, it just obviously depends sometimes we feel like what it might just be a day where we're saying i'm so you know for example i'm so depressed right now um but having actual depression anxiety is another thing and that's not so little how that that person feels on that day they obviously yeah for sure are yeah. feeling that way um but yeah i think a lot of it and i, I don't want to be naive enough to say it's all in your head because that's 100 percent not true um but it is self-doubt in a person um and that's kind of what brings on that feeling um and that is the thing that i see the most um and i mean that's i guess that's a different conversation altogether i mean it, obviously you've got elements of depression you've got elements of anxiety you've got elements of various mental health issues in in that area but why is that the go-to feeling for guys who are feeling kind of held back you know why is that uh the immediate effect that there is is self-doubt um, and then I guess it's just about dealing with that with person to person like again you said everyone has a different pathway to their struggles mm. so it's about helping them with that path and putting them on the on the right track for them so yeah that is the thing I see most of all I would okay say. and in your opinion say right do you see or or what would you what do you think is holding guys back from putting their hand up from from asking for that help like is, 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 what would your opinion on 
on on that bit because obviously look we all see the benefits of of coaching absolutely um we see the benefits of going to counselors psychotherapists all of that and anyone who does it will always say you have to do it if you feel a b and c go and see a counselor mm. do this too, blah, blah 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 uh like the, the the benefits are known and proven and, and documented do you know what i mean um but for a lot of guys they they don't they just they just don't in your opinion like what do you think are the are the reasons holding somebody back from from actually doing that they know they want to they just can't they just don't a really good question matt um and from experience like I, I was there myself where i just didn't want help um so <laughs> pride is a word that comes to mind and i don't mean that in a way mm. of like you should feel pride for not doing it i mean it's just sort of like a natural feeling that can can another person help me should another person help me should i need help is a is a question that i think you kind of ask like we ask a lot does that mm. make sense like yeah, yeah is it right for me to help like i'm a man like should should i need help you know um so you kind of feel like no i won't go for help because i shouldn't need it because you know i'm a man and um that that on its own is quite worrying so i think it's also again that no one can help me you know i'm i can't be helped uh, because and again i think that comes onto the understanding of it we we you know we don't feel like we can um we you know we we have we find it hard to come to terms of what's going on like you said earlier and again you just sort of feel because of that uncertainty you either feel like you shouldn't have to have help or you can't be helped that overall feeling of either you shouldn't be helped or you can't be helped and it, and it is you say i think you, you probably hit the nail on the head when you said the pride thing because we are all lads are proud and and we don't want to admit it that we need help or that we want help or, or and, and again it does it come back to those social stigmas and expectations of men that we shouldn't ask for help try and do it ourselves and just, just try and plod along but like you said look I've I've met a lot of guys now and, and I speak to a lot of guys now who have gone down either the counseling route um you know even coaching whether it's fitness whether it's you know whatever the case is um and a lot of these guys have gone to a coach and as you say it's just puts them in a different mindset it just gets them thinking differently but gets them thinking for themselves as well i think is the is the is the bigger one um i think one of the guys had a conversation with and he was saying he was he didn't realize he was being coached at the time he was being coached if that makes sense right um it was just a conversation he was having with the guy um he oh he ended up basically just really started to finally think for himself actually do you know what i can do this if i just put my mind to it and that was the turning point for him um where so so where does it go for alex now what's what's the dream what's going forward you know what what does your next few years kind of kind of look like mate um it's a very good question i mean i think i'm not someone who walks around i don't want to say i want to change the world like it's not really something that sits right with me um but i know that i can make a positive influence um and that that's that's the aim is to grow my influence because i know that with the experience and the work that i've done um mm-hmm. and the things that i've overcome that i i know i have done it and i can do it and i and i know that i will continue to do it so for me it is just to keep growing that influence you know and i and i know that you know, I know we've talked before, Matt, about having goals and stuff. And um, I have goals. I think goal setting is very important. Long-term goal is to is to have that influence for men um, and to be that, that uh, to continue to be that individual that men can come to um, for this sort of uh, solution-based help. But the short-term goals are just to, to do small things that make a difference, you know, um, just to reach out to someone who, who could need it um to to offer value in different ways for example like this podcast as a, as a perfect example to do things like this um to write a few books um and to yeah just to just to keep growing that value um that i know that i can offer and uh i think as you mentioned years i think as as time goes on the if i keep doing that um, I know that I can continue to make an even bigger difference and a bigger positive uh-huh. influence 
absolutely for, for men in particular who are who are struggling so that is very much the plan and i know that i'm on that pathway now I'm, you know it's just speeding along quite fast to be <laughs> honest so um yeah no I'm, I'm very excited you know matt i'm very very excited i'm feeling very good about it right now brilliant brilliant well look it's been an absolute pleasure talking here um tonight buddy it really has and and as look as always as we, we've been chatting on messenger and what's happens over the last couple of weeks it's always it's always a pleasure talking to you but thank you so much for coming on tonight um and for doing what you're doing buddy i i think it's 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 amazing too you had a journey in mind you were going to uni to become a teacher you know you got thrown curveballs with pain you went through a battle with depression anxiety you came out of it the other side got a degree master's in in psychology and now you know working for yourself as a as a mindset coach helping helping other guys buddy i i take my hat off to you. it's absolutely fantastic so um well done for for everything that you're doing anyway much appreciated matt uh, thank you and and i hope that you continue to do these podcasts too because um i guess we'll, you will never know the influence it actually makes on people but you know just 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 to have something like this for someone who is going through that time just to, to listen and to, you know it could change someone's life so uh it's, it's really i really appreciate the opportunity to come on here and like i said earlier and so uh, yeah hopefully this can can add some more value to people where can people find alex watson and mindset coach yes yeah, so i will be um i will be launching my website soon it'll be www.alexjwatts com um and i've got a an ebook that i've recently written that will be available for download on that um site uh, it's free it's free for anyone to download to have a read the book is called how to live a life of confidence and growth uh it's 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 mainly for uh well, it's for for anyone really to be honest but it's for people who are quite new to these concepts the things like confidence and building confidence and how to sort of intentionally build growth in your life and to, to have that self-development um and, and there's a bit on goal setting as well um and just about ways to set goals that are quite specific and that could bring success to your life so with all those things in mind um you know good ways to sort of build yeah like i said confidence and growth with it um but yeah that's that's all available you can also see my story in full on there um you know, hopefully that can add a bit of value to people when they read that and uh yeah just learn a little bit more about me and what i do to be honest um again it's just that sort of influence so by all means if if it's uh if it's something that you're interested in then go and check all that stuff out awesome awesome stuff well listen buddy thank you again so much for coming on i really appreciate it and uh look best of luck with everything yeah no worries matt and likewise thank you mate cheers buddy